Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. It's Jacqueline here. How are you guys doing? It is October and it is my favorite month of the year. It's not because I love pumpkin spice lattes. I actually am not a huge fan of pumpkin flavored things for the most part, unless I'm having weird cravings, but it's just, it's spooky season. It's Halloween season. And I just love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday ever. For those of you guys that are new to the podcast, I'm going to rant a little bit about this. So if you just came here for bulimia advice, please skip ahead a bit, but, um, I'm just, I love this season because it's just fun. I think it's a really interesting way that people can dress up and dress up in ways that they don't usually before you get to be someone you're not. I don't know. I'm dressing up as like a skeleton this year, which is very basic, but I like putting a lot of effort into my makeup for Halloween. I like um, watching some dark movies and spooky movies from childhood. I like the different recipes that come out and I like the vibes and the decorations that people put out and kids have fun too. I don't (laughs) trick or treat anymore, obviously, but I just think it's a time for being a kid again in a way and, and thinking about things that don't necessarily exist in our mundane world, if that makes any sense. I like the idea of ghosts and stuff like that, even if I don't necessarily believe, I don't know, but it's just fun to imagine. And I feel like Halloween is a perfect time to pretend. And so that's why I love the season the most, even though I'm in Florida and obviously it's a pretty season too, but here in Florida, the seasons just don't change. It's like you're in purgatory, um, which is nice sometimes if it's snowing back home, but sometimes it just feels weird. So for those of you guys that are in a place where you can experience the changing of seasons, fall rolling around, then please inhale that fall air for me and enjoy it and all that sort of stuff. Today, I wanted to talk about substances and alcohol, but real quick, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you guys that showed up for the free group coaching calls that I had all last week. That turned out to be so much cooler than I thought. Of course, I thought I was going to get to talk to people and enjoy coaching and Um, help some people, but I got to know so many people that have been listening to the podcast since it came out that I had no idea. The thing about being a podcast host and someone who's online is that you put stuff out, but you don't necessarily get anything back. Sometimes people don't, not everyone that hears it reaches out to you, obviously, which is fine. But sometimes it feels like, you know, you're putting stuff in the ether and then you hear stories from people that you would have never heard otherwise. And I heard a story from someone this week where she told me, which it made me want to cry when she told me about it. So it's just so sweet. Um, she said that her and her mom would listen to my podcast together and it really brought them closer over bulimia and her eating disorder, help them understand each other. So it really just confirmed for me last week, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. Um, it's been an amazing journey hosting this podcast, putting out this information really cemented why I need to keep doing it because there are people out there that need help and that this group coaching and, and just this podcast in general shows that we're all not alone here. There's so many people struggling. So for you out there that that's listening, that maybe thinks you're the only one, maybe you're just new to this podcast 
you think that um, you're just crazy and bulimia is something that will never leave you. I promise that you're wrong on that. You're not alone. You found a community here. We all know what it's like to want to binge and purge. We all know what it's like to irrationally think about food all the time, to prioritize food over other, other things, to think about it 24 seven, to feel like you're not in control of your emotions, everything else that comes with bulimia. You're not the only one and there is hope for you and there's a community there for you. So I just wanted to put those two cents out there. Thank you. Because it went so well, I'm going to host another free group coaching call this month. It will be at 10 a.m. Eastern time on the 18th of October. Um, I'll put an invite on my Instagram that you guys can go sign up for, or you can sign up for in the link in the description below the podcast. So substances, I wanted to make an episode about this. It might be short and sweet, but I really felt the need to, because I see a lot of people struggle with either alcohol or weed or drugs. When it comes to bulimia, it's no surprise. A lot of you guys know this, but it's very common for those people that struggle with bulimia. Sometimes they recover and then it's very common for them to turn into alcoholics and vice versa. A lot of recovered alcoholics turn into bulimics, right? And a lot of people that are struggling with binging and purging behaviors, they also struggle with alcohol or substance abuse in some shape or form, some sort of other coping mechanism, some sort of other like reliance on external things to make them feel a different way. Very common. And in my own recovery, I never had a problem with alcohol till after I recovered from bulimia. And all of a sudden I started getting cravings. I'd stop binging and purging, but all of a sudden I started getting cravings to drink alcohol in the middle of the afternoon during a weekday for no apparent reason. I would just be like, wow, vodka sounds really good. And I was just like, this is strange. And because I never had an issue before, and I think I had at least a little bit of separation from binging and purging. I was working really hard on myself. I was able to really see quite quickly that, okay, this is a weird urge that I'm having. So I'm not going to do this and just kind of let it go. Like not even go down that road because I knew what could potentially happen. But there have been periods where alcohol for me, I've had to like take a break from it a little bit or be be careful. And now I have really stringent boundaries around alcohol and substances, which I will talk about. But I just want to first lay out the thing that it's not uncommon for people who struggle with bulimia to struggle with some sort of substance abuse. So if you were out there and you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not only struggling with bulimia, but I'm also struggling with substances. I keep wanting to drink. If I don't, I'm not binging and purging, I'm drinking alcohol. You're not the only one. It's a very common thing. But I see a lot of people, um, a big problem where I see in recovery, people go wrong in during alcohol is like, should I drink alcohol during recovery? Should I use any substances during recovery? Um, can I never drink again? Can I never use anything again? What, what is the answer to that question? And my short answer and not very satisfying answer is that it depends. <laughs> depends on you. It depends on your reliance for these drugs. It depends on your relationship with them. It depends on your brain chemistry. Depends on all that sort of stuff that that's going to turn out to be a yes or a no. Um, but I see commonly in recovery, not always, but I see this happen to a lot of people, um, which is I'm going to recommend if I have a strong opinion that you take a break from any substances while you're trying to recover at the bare minimum because of this. I see a lot of people manage binging and purging. They're able to stop binging and purging. They're able to get through that. They're actually doing really good in their recovery. I've seen people that have been five, six months in 
And then they go out and they haven't been drinking, but then they, let's just use alcohol as an example. They, they have a day where they get drunk, they go out and they have the craziest binging and purging of their life. It's like a, a horrible bender. This happened to one of my clients a few weeks ago, actually, she's been doing so, so well. And then she had a three day binge and purge bender after drinking alcohol with her friends and was like, what is going on? And she's not the only one that's struggling with that. Um, I see it really interfere with people's recovery and what could easily happen, which is unfortunate is that people who once didn't have a problem with alcohol, they start replacing their binging and purging time with the beer or with some sort of drink here and there, just a little bit to take the edge off. And obviously you don't want to do this. What you do want to do is take a break from all of that stuff so that you can actually process what's going on in that moment and cope, find healthier coping mechanisms so that you aren't drinking instead. But a lot of people don't want to do that because they don't necessarily want to, they first of all think they aren't capable of doing it. They don't necessarily want to feel what's going on in that moment. And a lot of people just feel like they're missing out if they do not have drugs or substances in their life in some shape or form. And even if that's not the case for you, maybe you're not using drugs as a replacement for binging and purging, but the other problem occurs where you have a pretty okay relationship with alcohol or substances, but when you use that mind-altering drug of whatever your choice is, then behaviors from bulimia come right back. So it's like, I can't do that without having this happen. What I first want to say is that might not be the case forever. Maybe you just need to take more time between binging and purging and recovery, and then reintroducing those substances if you choose to um, back into your life. Maybe you need a lot more time between when you had that really ingrained behavior of bulimia, binging and purging to then once you get um, into the, into a mind altered state to try it again, because you've got to like, think about it. You've, you're only like three months into recovery. Maybe you haven't binged and purged in um, 12, 12 weeks, maybe 15 weeks. That's not a whole bunch of time, especially given the fact that maybe some of you guys have been doing this for 10 years, 20 years. You're trying to expect your brain to completely change in 15 weeks and then getting mad at yourself when you slip up, when your mind is completely altered, when you your inhibitions are lowered, when you're not thinking clearly you're gonna maybe wanna go back to old habits. Alcohol, I think a lot of people, when they um, get in that state and they get down on themselves and they slip up when they're under the influence, they're like, I should have known, I should have been strong up. Those behaviors came flying back, what's wrong with me? I haven't recovered at all. I'm like, no, it's just that those old habits die really hard. They don't necessarily go away if ever. Guys, I'm almost three years into recovery, haven't binged in purge in three years. I still get urges sometimes. It still happens to me. I still sometimes crave binging a little bit. It's the weirdest thing. And I know rationally, I don't want to do that. And I'm able to manage that. I'm able to throw those thoughts out the window and be like, no, see you later. But if it happens to me three years down the road, then it definitely is not 15 weeks. It's probably not enough time for you to get past that point, especially when you throw some sort of mind altering drug in the window, you're much more likely to give in to the thoughts that your brain offers you when you want to binge, when you're completely sober, you're much more likely to be like, oh yeah, who really cares? It's just one time. We actually want to, whatever. Those things, when you've got some time under your belt, you're kind of like, I can do this. But when you're, when you're drunk, you're intoxicated, you're high, whatever it is, 
really, really hard to function and argue and think clearly. And you might just go with it. Even if you know during that time that this isn't okay, you're much more likely to just throw any logic and reason out the window and go with any anyway. Does it mean you weren't recovered? You weren't doing really well before? No, it just means you threw something in the mix and you changed how your brain's functioning and made it much, much harder for yourself all of the sudden. And I don't think that this means you have to, it depends on your situation, of course. If you have a history of drug abuse and alcohol abuse, maybe taking a break forever is what you need to do, which we'll talk about. Um, I have not had to take a break from alcohol forever. I do not um, use any other substances though. I just don't, um, I the only thing I've done is uh, weed and I just can't, I, and my anxiety gets really, really high when I do that. I get very worried and I get crazy munchies when I am high. It's just not fun in any shape or form for me. So I'm really just taking that out of my life. I don't ever want to do that again. There's really no desire. Occasionally I'm like, maybe it'll be different, but it just doesn't work for me. So I don't, I don't choose to do that. I will drink on occasion, but I have really stringent restrictions around how I drink when I drink. And I have to be careful. I only drink during like a special occasion, or if we're going to go out on a date night or something like that. And I don't like to drink if I'm home. Um, if I may be in a sad mood, or I don't like to drink if I'm feeling depressed, like I only will drink alcohol. If it's like more of a celebration type event, I do not drink alcohol in order to feel better. I think that just puts me into a worse state. It sets me up for really bad habits and is having me rely on a substance to feel better instead of um, just relying on actual coping mechanisms that I built up. So that's like my rules around drinking. And I do that because I know that I have a tendency to use other things, to use food, to use substances, whatever, to feel better. And I don't want to go back to that sort of life. I want to process through my emotions. And I, knowing that about myself, that's what it is. But I will tell you when I drink, I do also want to eat more. I do tend to overeat when I drink. So I, I'm just mindful of that at the very least. And I allow and plan for that. If I'm going to be drinking, I allow for a bigger meal or something like that. But that's me. That's like me three plus years. They're not three plus years, almost three years down the road. You, I would really suggest for anyone in recovery to take a break. And I know when I say that people are like, oh my God, I can't binge approach now. I can't use anything. I can't have like a little fun. I have to miss out on opportunities with my friends. I can't ever drink. What's wrong with me? I was talking to a client about this and she was so upset with herself. She kind of was like, am I always going to be the person that's different? Am I always going to be missing out on what my friend's experience is? Why can't I just be normal? And I asked her, something kind of cheesy sounding, but I felt like she was missing a huge opportunity, which was what if not drinking is your superpower? Because when she used to drink, it would be fun, but she was also not trying to give up bulimia. So she was just binge and burns. It was no big deal. Now when she drinks, she ends up going full heartedly into bulimia behaviors again and getting super existential, very depressed, borderline suicidal whenever she drinks or gives any substances and can't not think about anything else, but she can't think about anything else, but food, just completely obsessive. And it's because she's trying so hard not to do these things, feeling guilty then that she is doing them while she's drinking. And just her brain becomes a complete and utter mess. It's not fun for her anymore. It's really, very disappointing to her because she used to have fun. It used to be no big deal. Now it's not fun anymore. And she was thinking like, why am I always going to miss out on this? And I said, what if not drinking is your actual superpower? 
what if not drinking allows you to have a different opportunity than any of your friends? You're not necessarily missing an opportunity with them. You're just having a different experience than them. And that's what I want to offer you guys. A lot of people think if I can't drink, if I can't use substances, then I can't have fun. And I know this is going to sound like such a lie to you, but what if that's not necessarily true? What if not using a substance can be actually more fun than using them? Um, I found this hard to believe too, when I first heard this, it's kind of like, that's BS. Drinking is a lot of fun. What are you talking about? And I agree in some ways, drinking is still fun. You feel a little bit more like relaxed, more whatever. I'm using drinking as an example, but you know, you use your thing of choice. Um, it's kind of a taboo subject I'm talking about here, but, um, you feel maybe a little more relaxed, more, maybe more confident, something like that. And things just get a little bit more silly. That's what happens. But also when you're drinking um, specifically, things tend to be more numbed. You're not necessarily aware of everything going on anymore. Um, sometimes you can't remember things as well. You're also putting your mind in an altered state not to, well, yeah, not to be aware of everything going around. And maybe that's what you want. But when you stay present for everything, you experience a lot of the bad, but you also experience a lot of the good. And I told her, um, she is actually, we tried this exercise before and she's going to do it again, but I want to invite all of you out there listening to try to go to an event or try to do something, try to have fun sober, really, really try. What a lot of people do is they look at it. They, they don't, they don't drink and they kind of act like, oh my God, I'm missing out. This is sucks. I don't, I'm not able to drink. Try to look at it as an opportunity to experience something in a whole new light and a whole new way of seeing it and look for the ways in which you can have fun. For me, not drinking and drinking are just as fun. I can have equally as amazing experiences. And I would argue that being sober is actually always more fun than drinking. It's just drinking some sort of, some sort of a different experience. But if I had to choose between presence, being completely sober and being completely drunk all the time, I would hundred percent choose being completely sober all the time. Because while that altered state of mind can be enjoyable, it's not useful all the time. And it's not very fun for me past like a few hours. Um, maybe I'm speaking um, from someone who I'm not, I haven't ever struggled with being an alcoholic or struggling with hardcore wanting alcohol all the time. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about here, but I do know that when I am in a very present state, that sometimes where I get my best, best moments in life was when I'm there for them, when I'm actually aware of what's going on, when I'm enjoying it. So my happiest moments have come from that. I've also had really good drunk memories. <laughs> my friends and I like went to Vegas a few years ago and it was so much fun and we really drank a lot. Okay. I'll be completely honest. But those moments are kind of just like flashing blurs and fun times and jokes around the pool table. It was more just the experience that was interesting to me rather than the drinking and everything like that. Being present for stuff, you get to be alive for much more of it, aware for much more of it. It's 100% more worth it. But you, you're looking at it as I can't drink ever again. I'm missing out. What if actually being present for those moments is going to aid you long-term? It's actually going to be more fun. What if you can find a way to have more fun? What if that were possible? What would you have to think in order for it to be more fun? What would you have to stop thinking? You're not necessarily missing out on something when you're not drinking 
it's not necessarily a lesser experience. It's just a different experience. And you have to, at bare minimum, give it a chance, especially if you're in recovery. You don't have to, but I'm going to say with a... I'm going to guess that your recovery is going to be a lot harder if you keep including substances in it. And if you really are having trouble giving it up and seeing like, what, I can't drink every single weekend, that's more of a sign that you need to learn what it's like to live without it. Because you really do feel like I have to have alcohol in my life or I can't, I can't survive, I can't have fun, all these things. And so since I don't have experience with alcohol recovery in general, I have experience with bulimia recovery. I've also talked to a lot of people on their experience with how to give up alcohol and working towards that. It's very similar for, for bulimia recovery because you're using alcohol in the same ways, oftentimes or substances in the same ways, but there's a different component to it. I wanted to recommend to a podcast to you guys that I know of about alcohol recovery that um, really resonate with me. And I appreciate both these people. One is a fairly new podcast and it's from a former client of mine. It's by Jasmine Murdambe. Her podcast is called Life in Recovery and it's brand new, but she talks all about alcohol recovery. She's worked with me as well. She's gone through the whole process of recovering from alcohol and the process of recovering from bulimia. So I'm really going to go really highlight her. She knows what it's like to struggle with both. So please check out that podcast. That will probably help you out a lot if you were going through um, alcohol and substance abuse sort of issues. And then I'm also going to recommend... Um, Rachel Hart's podcast. It's called the take a break podcast. And it's all about taking a break from alcohol. She has experienced alcohol, um, you know, alcohol addiction and relying on alcohol heavily. So check that podcast out as well. I think that's a really, really helpful podcast for trying to live your life being present, being without alcohol. And she also agrees with a lot of the same um, kind of coaching principles that I do and as well as Jasmine does too. So go check those out. I think that'd be really, really helpful for you guys if you're looking for further information on how to even begin to not have alcohol in your life. But I want to challenge you if you're listening to this episode and you're here now, you're already this far. I really want to challenge you to experiment one day without having alcohol in your life or whatever substance you regularly are using. Try one day just to see what it's like. It does not mean you have to do it forever. It doesn't mean it's like going to be a regular thing. Just see how you feel. And if you, you're listening, you're like, I know how I feel, Jacqueline. I feel anxious. I feel terrible. It's going to be a total bummer. Yes. I, I know that that's what you think and that's what you've experienced in the past. I want you to try to go in thinking about how could this be enjoyable? How could we make the most of this experience without alcohol, without any substance? What could be fun if I were a person who didn't drink? If I were someone who didn't need these things, what would I be focused on? What would I be thinking? How would I handle my emotions going on? How would I feel to handle the discomfort? Maybe I'm not super confident um, without substances. How would I think differently? How would I handle this? like someone who just handled being sober all the time. Experiment with it. Give yourself a chance. And I promise you, if you're one of those people that's thinking I'm missing out, I am, I'm not normal. A lot of people cannot handle substances. Do not do super well with substances. I don't always do super well with substances. That's why I only drink alcohol on occasion. And I'm very careful when I do drink it to, to not go overboard for specific reasons, because I can have existential thoughts when I drink. 
I can tend to overeat when I drink and mad, make bad decisions. I tend to feel depressed sometimes when I drink. You're not the only one. This affects a lot of people in a very common way. It's just mainstream in our society that it's supposed to be all cool, that you can only have fun when you drink, that a party must have alcohol and must have substances. Otherwise, you're having a lame experience. You're, you're sober, you're boring. That's not necessarily the case, my friends. Actually, an experience completely sober and aware can be so much more fun and so much more vivid and real and there for it than being under the influence can. Not saying that being under the influence or being affected is wrong, just saying it's a different experience and it's not always automatically better. And stop telling yourself that lie and start trying to figure out how you can experience life without that always being the case. And start figuring out if you wanted to have fun being sober, how could you do that? And it starts with actually getting those wheels turning and experimenting. You're never going to learn unless you try to do it and put it into action. So I hope this podcast has been helpful to you and made sense. I felt like I needed to make it because there are a lot of people that think they can have substances in recovery and a lot of people that think that they can't or they have to give it up forever. I am not going to tell you whether or not you can or can't have it. I'm just speaking from my experience that it's generally best to take a break from alcohol while you are in recovery. And as for including it back into your life after recovery, that is a personal issue. Some people can, some people cannot. I'm at like a middle road with it, but I am not you. So it's completely going to be something you have to figure out on your own and test the waters with and be prepared if you were to have it for maybe urges to happen and how you want to handle it. How do you want to put up barriers in case behaviors might be a lot easier to come back if you were to use substances again? And I am going to suggest that it's not the best to have during recovery. And that seems to be pretty widespread for most people. And that isn't necessarily a bad thing. Also, you want to think about if you were able to have fun, no matter what substances you had in your system, how amazing would that be? How cool would it be that you could just enjoy your life regardless of whether or not you had another glass of wine or not? Like how cool, what a superpower that would be. And that's totally possible for you. So if you're listening this far, I hope that this has helped you out. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you were in recovery right now, if you're wanting, if you're at the very beginning of even considering recovery and you're going through bulimia right now and you're considering working with someone, I am taking clients again. I still have some openings this month that I am taking calls and consults. So if you would like to have a chat with me, I don't bite. Um, a consult also for you guys, that sounds fancy. It sounds formal. It's just a casual talk between you and me about what's going on in your bulimia right now, what steps you need to take to recover. And if you and me are a good fit to work together to help you along during those steps, that's what a call would be. Um, and I am someone who has gone through it myself, helped a lot of people out with it. Bulimia, I know that it can feel like you're going to be in it forever. I promise you it's not the case. And talking about it out loud, getting help and support while it's not required is definitely a huge up-leveling in your recovery journey. Okay, thank you everyone out there. To you guys that are trying to go through life newly sober, I really want to congratulate you. And for you listening to this point, you're clearly trying, putting in effort. Please experiment. You have more strength than you realize. Please, please know that. Don't discount yourself and say that you can't handle it. You certainly can. Never give up on yourself, my friends. Bye. 
Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.